Hello. Thank you for joining us today for the Harvest Time Church weekly podcast. As you listen today, we pray that you are richly blessed and that the message would guide you deeper into your walk with Jesus and help you to advance His kingdom here on earth. Have a blessed day. A little over, in June, 30 years ago, we got ourselves together. We had just enough money. Us together with this beautiful, courageous, brave woman of God back there, our daughter Tiffany, we got on a plane and we went to Africa. And before that, we'd been youth pastors. And there are some here that can attest to that, Larry Kehos being one of them, Jim and Sharon, of course. We were youth pastors, and as far as we were concerned, we'd be youth pastors the rest of our life. We were going to be the oldest youth pastors alive. And then God came and he did something different in our hearts and sent us to the mission field. And so we thought, oh, well, we won't be youth pastors anymore because there's a ton of other things to do on the mission field. And now we find ourselves doing youth and missions. And it's a wonderful life. And he's a good, good father. And we have experienced his goodness every day of our life that we've committed to him. What I want to talk to you about, so we work in, uh, in Tanzania, we also do some things in Brazil, and we do a whole bunch of stuff here in the United States, and I won't get into all of that, but what I want to talk to you about today is our Kids for Jesus program. And our little ones just did a beautiful job talking about how Jesus loves the little children of the world. Yes. I was ready to jump up right then and say, yes, he does. And I know a lot of them that need help. <laughs> we have a Kids for Jesus program. Years ago, um, the, the ladies that were with me, we would help out with feeding programs that were working with street kids. And they were really street kids on the street. And these were some tough boys. I mean, they'd pound on each other, and they had their own form of government among them. And we would go, and we'd pass out food, and we would do the ministry and do a, you know, a Bible teaching and a memory verse and teach them to pray. And Don would say, that's great. You did a good job. But what about their future? What are you doing that's going to get them off the street? And we're like, we don't know. You know, God gave us an idea that they needed to go to school And they did. They're on the streets because they don't have a way to go to school. So if we put them in school, guess what? They're no longer street kids. Everybody say, hallelujah. (laughs) So that's what we did. We asked God for an idea, and we started making Barra Barra bags that you'll find in the foyer this morning. And years later, we've um, introduced our Msingi skirt. If you have on a Msingi skirt this morning, could you stand up? There's about four or five in here. Elizabeth and Epi and Glory. (laughs) I knew I was going to get that wrong. You guys look great, and they are rocking our Msingi skirt. One Msingi skirt will educate an elementary child for a whole year. Thank you. So we made bags. We made 43 bags the first year. We went back to Tanzania 10 years ago in 2009, and we educated um, 20-some-odd kids for a whole year with 43 bags, and that was the beginning. And so now we've grown. We have about 17 elementary school kids, and we have 44 in the upper grades and 13 in college. And a bunch of others that have completed programs, and they're driving taxis, and they're doing electronics, and they're fixing computers and stuff like that. It's been very successful, and God's had his hand on our program And um, so last year we started a partnership program that you can come into and be a partner with those young men and women 
that are being discipled. They meet once a week. They're learning the Bible. They're learning to pray. Many of them have come to know the Lord as Savior uh, out of Islam over the course of them going to school and being affected by Pastor Enoch Charles. And it's something that we really believe in. So for $30 a month, you can partner with the program. You're not adopting a child. You're not going to get a letter from a specific individual, but you will partner with the whole program. I don't want anybody to not be adopted, so I don't want to adopt people out. You hear what I'm saying? So everybody's part of the program. But you'll get a prayer card to hang on your refrigerator. Remember to pray for them throughout the year, and your $30 a month makes a big difference in Tanzania. And I don't know, you know, if you think about what we can blow $30 on here, I haven't been to the movies with a family lately. Well, I have, but I didn't pay for anything. So I haven't been to the movies with a family lately, but I think it costs more than $30 one time. Well, it can make a difference in the life of a child, a big difference. So we have packets, and there's somebody here in this auditorium that has a stack of them. If you'll just raise your hand, and you want to just look at this. You don't have to commit to fill it out. You don't have to commit to give any money. If you just want to look at this, then raise your hand, and these guys are going to come and bring you a packet. If you are already a partner and you want to renew for this year, please take a new packet or two or three. You know, $100 a month will educate a college kid. You can get a college education for $1,200 a year. That's all your living expenses, your travel expenses, your medical expenses, your education expenses. There's just no reason everybody shouldn't have the opportunity, right? But they need our help. The difference in our program and a lot of other programs that you might have heard of in the past and been a part of even adopting a child is... 100% of your giving goes directly to this program. Open Door Enterprises does not take anything off the top. Also, we know these children. We have personal contact with them. So because of that, you have a personal contact with them. And so that's what makes us a little bit set apart from other um, organizations. So anyway, thank you so much for having us this morning. It's an honor to be here last year, last two weeks ago, we celebrated the anniversary of the church. We were there for that when the church began, never knowing that today we'd stand before you as missionaries 33 years later. And so we appreciate your giving. We appreciate your heart for the world. We appreciate the way that you, you give yourself to us and to others to make an impact and to allow the gospel to go forth. So God bless you. Amen. Got me back there? Okay, here we go. Wow. No, let's don't go up high. I'll walk off that thing. I've been thinking about this day as Pastor Noe asked me to speak. And um, Brother Jim spoke two weeks ago, really, really spoke a powerful word. As we travel all over, we get to see things and be a part of things. We... I do drill wells in Africa, and, and we work with hospitals, and we work with Bible schools, and we work with unreached people groups. That's where there's no viable uh, Christian trying to reach into that group. There's 29 unreached people groups left in Tanzania, and today I can tell you we have nine unreached missionary groups in those 29, so there's 20, and we believe by March all 20 of those groups will be covered because the missionaries will be graduating sometime in February. They've been praying about where they're going. These unreached people groups are the hardest of the hard. These are the forgotten. These are the ones that don't want to hear the gospel, 
But yet God wants them to hear the gospel. Amen? Amen. And we have men and women who have been through Bible school. Now they've been through mission school and they are trained and they will be going out to those unreached people groups. This is a new area for me and Sarah. We started in January. Uh, we've had a young man, Tori, that's been doing it for years. When he started, there was 39. So 10 groups he has accomplished, and God has given him the ability to reach those 10 groups. So we're believing very shortly, maybe even before March. Who knows? God's got a plan. He's big God. But we're believing by March those other 20 groups will have missionaries on the ground amongst them sharing the gospel. Amen? Amen. One of the greatest things that I like to do is drill wells. It's, 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 it's not an easy work, but water's life. But I'm going to tell you the hardest thing that I've found to do in my life. You ready? Is to make disciples. It's easy for me to go and build Bible schools, to go and work in hospitals, to work in children's programs. It's easy for me to go and stay busy with my hands. It's easy to do water projects, but to make a disciple is one of the hardest things that I have in my life. Because it's not just dependent upon you, but it's dependent upon that person that's going to follow you. Just kind of picture this for a moment. Jesus is walking along and he says to John, follow me. He doesn't stop and say, follow me. He's still going on the Father's path. And so John has to make a decision. Do I want to follow? Do I want to know? Amen? So today I'm going to challenge you, okay? Can we do that? I'm going to challenge you in the Word of God today, first of all. I have some scriptures, and if you could put that first scripture up there for me, please. And I'm going to cover some things really quick. It's in Psalm 78, verses 3 and following. Interesting thing here, Blackie, as you shared today. It says in Psalm 78, 3, he says, Which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us we will not hide them from their children, showing generations to come the praises of the Lord. Amen? He said those things we have heard, those things that we have known, those things our Father has told us, we will not hide them. Amen? Blackie, you did not hide it. You said you didn't know what it was. You never experienced before. You were playing the bass guitar. You just noticed that it moved around. Amen? Amen? And the cloud was moving around when Moses and the children followed God into the promised land. Amen? Amen? It says a cloud by day and a fire by night. And when the presence of God comes, first of all, do we recognize the presence? Second of all, he says, we have heard and we have known. Our fathers have told us. We're not going to hide it from the children, not even the generations to come. Praise of the Lord. Amen? And his strength and his wonderful works that he had done, for he has established a testimony in Jacob and pointed the law in Israel, which command our fathers that they should make them known to their children. Amen? Fathers, listen to me. The greatest need that we have in families today is for our fathers to tell them, our children, the things of God. And to live that example before them. Amen? Amen. Come on, fathers. Amen. Amen. If you want to be faithful, come on, and you want to be blessed in the kingdom of God, first of all, put God in his rightful place. Put your wife in her rightful place. Come on. Right beside you. Come on. Loving her. Putting your children in their rightful place. Come on. Teaching them. Come on. Training them. 
Telling them the stories. Come on. Tell them the stories, what things God has done. Amen? I like what Brother Jim said. We came out here. It was a rice field. I remember that day. I was so excited. I had the wire cutters. I brought them with me. I was prepared when I got here that day. I remember this old rusty fence across here. I cut that wire right away. Boom. Let's get it down. Let's get the, the fence was down quick. It was easy. It was easy. I can remember when the big tractor came with the plow and they plowed up the whole thing. That's how it started. That's how it started. And the presence of God would come. And people didn't want to leave church. People would stand around for hours. And I'm sure Brother Jim was probably like me. There was days I said, we just need to go home. <laughs> but fathers... Here he's, he's saying, listen, tell these stories to your children. Tell, tell them the things that God has done. Tell them, even if things you didn't understand them, you need to tell them because God is an all-consuming God. He's commanding them. Amen? I like this. The generations to come that they might know them, even the children which shall be born. How about that? The children that aren't even born yet, it says, who should arise and declare to them their children that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God and keep his commandments. Wow. And might not be as their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that didn't set their heart right, whose spirit was not steadfast with God. And here's what happens when we don't do what God tells us to do. As the children of Ephraim, being armed and carrying bows, turned back in the day of battle. We need to teach our children that there is a battle. God has won that battle, amen? All authority, all victories in Christ. He won that battle, amen? But we need to teach our children that the battle has already been won. Come on. And they might be going through things in their life, but they have hope in Christ Jesus, amen? Our hope is in Christ Jesus. He's saying, listen, fathers, tell the story. Come on, tell the story. Say it, fathers. Tell the story. I used to live with a, a couple, Mr. and Mrs. Gibbons. And they always had the pastors come to their house whenever there was a visiting pastor. And we always had 36 or 37 people every Sunday at the table. And I would sneak in the back and I would listen to the stories the pastors would tell. They would be sitting there at the table telling stories of what God was doing and what God did in people's lives. And I was drawn to that. Even at 17 years old, I didn't understand, but I was drawn to those stories of how people came to know the Lord. But we are in a battle now in America. Come on. We're in a battle over our heads. We no longer can win this thing in our own ability. Come on. Only by the power of God can we enforce the victory that Jesus has won on the cross. And we don't want to be armed with bows and arrows and not be able to use them. Yet the word challenges us that our children shall be as arrows shot out of the bow that they hit the mark. I'm glad Brother Jim's here today because I've been really in the last three or four weeks just going back in my life going through things and kind of highlighting things. I was a rebellious young teenager at 17 years old. 
lived in cars and slept under bridges and different things. But I remember when I met Brother Jim, it wasn't in this church. It was in Cedar Lane, Texas. And I had been sick for 18 months in and out of St. Luke's Hospital. And I went and asked him about the scripture. Do you know about this scripture about praying for the sick and laying hands on the sick? Do you know all about that? Yeah, I know all about it. That's what he told me. I remember. I didn't know about it, but he knew about it. And I read that scripture sitting in my office at Philip 66. And as I sat in that office that day, I remembered the stories sitting at Mr. Gibbons' table about how that God calls people. Come on. I remember during those times in my life, as I began to seek God and I began to do things, I found out that you make decisions based upon faith in God, not your intellect. You just get more intellectually confused if you try to figure it out intellectually, if that makes sense. <laughs> but if you will be led by your spirit, according to Romans 8, 14, come on, you're the children of God. Come on, he lives within you. He's not, there's a king that lives on the inside of us. And we make those decisions. So I read that to tell you today. Thank you, Blackie, for that testimony. Thank you for that. Thank you for fathers. But we got to figure out whose servant are we in Romans 6, 20 and 23, if you have the word there. I wrote this down. It says, for when you were servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. What fruit had you in those things where you were ashamed of now? For the end of those things is death. But now being made free from sin, you became what? Servants of God. Amen? You have your fruit of holiness? Wow. That's a good word to stay on. We can stay on that one for months. And the end, everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So first thing we got to come to is, are we a servant of righteousness or are we a servant of unrighteousness? It says that we're born into sin, amen, but we're transformed into the kingdom of God, amen? We're born into sin, we're all sinners, come on. Sin's working in us and it brings death. And we did things that we're ashamed of, come on. But now that we have been born in the kingdom of God, we're not a better Donald Reed. We're a new Donald Reed. We are a new Christian in Christ. All things have passed away. All things have become new. I'm sorry I'm a little excited. I get excited when I talk about the things of God. There was a man, he was out of gas on the side of the road this morning, and I was in a hurry. You ever been in a hurry? I was trying to get everything done so I could be here early and everything, and I watched his cars pass by and he had his little gas can, so I turned around and I went back. I didn't do it the first time, people. It took me three trips by him to get it. I went to the cow pasture, I came back, he was still there. I went to the barn, I came back and he was still there. I went to the store to fill Sarah's car up and he was still there. I picked him up. He said, I don't got no money. I said, That's okay. Come on. We get to the store, he says, I'm hungry. I said, okay, I think they got food in here. I'll go get him food. I get him to the car. He said, oh, by the way, I ran the battery down last night. I slept in it because I didn't have anywhere else to go. And all that time, I'm talking to him about Jesus. Talking to him about God. And the, and, and the car didn't crank the first time. Thank you, Jesus. We didn't make a good connection. The battery cables did not make a good connection. And I took that. God said, you're not making a good connection here. And he said to me, what do you do? I said, I'm glad you asked. 
opportunity for us to do right is before us every day. Is it dangerous to stop and help somebody? Yeah, but it's dangerous to get in your car and go 100 feet down that road. Boy, I'm speaking to some of you this morning. Listen to me. Mr. Gibbons used to stop and pick up every hitchhiker. And he had a, a single cab truck, stick shift. And it was him, his wife, and me. And it doesn't matter if there was two or three people broke down, he would pick them up. And I'd get in the back of the truck. <laughs> Can't do that nowadays, it's illegal. And I used to think, all the time, listening to him as he brought them into the house and fed them and met their needs, how that he loved God and he loved people. And, he would bring, and I would listen to their stories as I sat at the table and he would feed them. And he would take them and get a motel room or take them and get a place to stay. He had a heart for God. So now we're going to get to the message, okay? So in Romans 12, 17 to 21, he said, Repent to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much that lieth in you, or as much that is in you, say a king lives in me. Say a king lives in me. Live peaceably with all men. And the reason you can live peacefully with men is the king of peace lives where? On the inside of you. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, vengeance is mine, and I will repay, saith the Lord. Wow. Therefore, if the enemy's hungry, do what? Feed them. If he's thirst, for doing so, you heap coals of fire upon his head. You're blessing them. Come on. But... Not overcome evil, but overcome evil with good. Amen? Brother Jim, I don't know if you remember this, but we used to have that little 19-inch push lawnmower, and we'd come down on, on Saturday to mow here, Boogie and different ones, Jason Sloy, and they would come here, and we would have races. You didn't know that, because I thought you'd get on to me. <laughs> we'd have races to see who could mow. We, we didn't have a Ryan lawnmower, Okay. Just Mary Larry, this little push lawnmower. And it wasn't even my push lawnmower. <laughs> and we would go to Diamond S, and we'd put all our quarters together, and we'd get beans and cheese and chips because they would give them to you endlessly. <laughs> and we'd sit in the corner. That was discipleship. That was discipleship. And I can remember sometimes I wanted to give evil for evil. Come on. I don't know if Brother Jim knows this not, but I took a whole group to Houston and one of the boys was smoking marijuana in my motel room. And I walked in. He said, oh, Brother Reed won't know what that is. But I do know what that is. I mean, at times like that, you, you can't let your anger run away with you. Listen, God loves them. Come on. I mean, my first reaction is I'll take them home and their dads can take care of them. That don't work. It should work. It don't work. Because a lot of the kids in our youth group, their fathers didn't serve the Lord. 
But here it's saying, listen to me. He said, listen, don't let God take care of those things. If you're here this morning, I put that extra in the message just for you. Don't return evil for evil. There's good things in you, amen? So I'm gonna give you a story to go with that. You gotta go, you gotta go all the way down back to 2 Kings chapter 5, verses 1 through 3. Great story here of Naaman the leper. And it says in verse 1 that Naaman, captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master. He was honorable because by him the Lord had given him deliverance unto Syria. He was also a mighty man of valor, but he was a leper. And the Syrians had gone out by companies and brought away captives out of the land of Israel. And a little mage, he waited on Naaman's wife and said unto her mistress, Would God my Lord, the prophet, had he known in Samaria, for he would recover his leprosy. First of all, it tells you every great quality about Captain. He was a leader, come on, of the armors of Syria. He was an honorable man. He was a mighty man of valor. Come on, God had given him victory, but he had leprosy, come on. Underneath all of our coats, underneath all of us today, in our facades, there is something, come on, there's something in our lives. Wow. He was a leper. He was all of those things. He was even a guy that went out and pillaged Israel and took slaves, and he took a little servant girl. And you know what it says about the little servant girl? Says nothing. It doesn't tell any of her qualities. Come on. Doesn't tell her how good she was. But here she was. She was serving in a foreign land, taken from her home country, taken from her people, taken from her inheritance, made a slave, and yet there was no bitterness. Come on. There was no hate, no evil wanting to return to her master. She said, Oh, if my master would know the prophet. <laughs> he would be healed. Some of you are going through things, through marriages, you're going through tough times in your life right now. You feel like the enemy has come upon you and pushed you down so long and so long that you don't think there's any good inside of you. There's nothing left inside of you, but there is. This little girl heard somebody tell the story of this prophet or she had seen him and she declared with her mouth, if my master would know the prophet, he would be healed. Some parent, some grandparent, somebody told her of this great man of God. And yet because of her conditions, that did not alter her from doing good. Wow. In Romans it says, do what? I'm sorry, my pants keep falling off. I lost so much weight. I don't believe this. <laughs> There's so much this little girl could have been bitter about. There's so much she could be hateful about. Come on. But yet... God had a plan for Naaman. And you know what the story goes on? It says they believed her word and Naaman went to meet the prophet. Boy, you blessed me this morning with these little kids up here singing. Just the power of God. And so here she is. People, listen to me. She has all the right reasons. And maybe in your life you think you got all the right reasons. But you got to remember, you have a king living on the inside of you. That you can be in situations in your life right now that God has already delivered you from. Come on. You're just not walking in the victory yet. You can walk in the victory. 
But she spoke out of her mouth. And when she spoke out of her mouth, they believed her. So much he went to find this prophet. And you know what? The prophet didn't even come out to meet him. (laughs) He got angry. He said, there's better rivers in my home country. Why should I go dip seven times in the Jordan? But you know who came out to meet him? A servant. I was going to talk about being, how it is to be blessed to be a servant of the Lord. First of all, a little maiden girl, we don't know her age, says, I know somebody that can heal you, which they've never heard of before. Doesn't that kind of blacky? I've never seen it before. I don't know it exists. I never participated in it. She says, I know a prophet in my home country. Go back to the, somebody told her, Brother Jim. Some, somehow she's seen it or somebody told her. So that's one servant. Now a servant comes out from the prophet and tells Naaman what he's supposed to do to be healed. And he gets mad. But then God uses another servant, the servant of Naaman, to tell Naaman, look, if he'd give you something hard to do, you would have done it. But because he's given you something easy to do, you don't want to do it. Some of us are looking for something hard to do. It's nothing hard to do. Jesus finished it on the cross. He arose from the grave. It's done. It's done. I said, it's done. You just got to come to Jesus. Come on, he's already did the work. And so he goes and dips, and sure enough, he's healed. Then he tries to pay for it. They don't take his money. But then he says to the prophet, I know that your God is the only God, the living God. See, God had a plan. God had a plan for Naaman's life, and God has a plan for you. You say, well, man, I didn't get a good start in life. I don't think any of us got a good start in life because we were all born into sin. (laughs) We're all on the same playing field. We're all born into sin. Just some of us choose to be a servant of righteousness. Amen? Amen. So a servant can't have bitterness, unforgiveness. Come on. Not wanting to retaliate. Somebody ever did something to you and you said, I'm going to get them? Come on, I've said that. I said, I'll get you. It might take me a while, but I'll get you. You ever said that? No. Come on. No. This little girl set an example for us. Even Jesus, when they accused him of stuff, he sat quiet. He was a servant. He said, I came here not to be served, but to serve. And so there's many stories that I'm going to go real quickly. And I know he, know he preaches past 12. Amen? Come on, I've been here. I know for a fact. Talk about a servant. In 1 Kings 18.43, we read about Elijah. And we read about how that there hadn't been any rain for three and a half years because the prophet prophesied. And then God sent him to the king and said, now go and prophesy it is going to rain. And he killed all of those people that worshiped Baal. Remember, he took them down and, he, and he, he told his servant, now go up on the mountain and tell me what you see. And so seven times the servant went up on the mountain. The first six times he didn't see anything. But on the seventh time he went up, he told Elijah the prophet, I see a cloud. There you are again, Blackie. I see a cloud. Come on, I see a cloud the size of a man's hand. And he told the prophet, and the prophet said to the king, you better get down. There's an abundance of rain coming. 
Harvest time, there's an abundance of rain coming. I sat here two weeks ago on a Sunday morning. There's an abundance of rain coming. When we talk about rain, we're talking about times of refreshing. We're talking about life-giving water. Come on. Something that causes things to grow. But the key thing I want you to see is that the servant was first to see the miracle of God. The actual miracle. Come on. I believe the prophet knew it was going to happen. Come on. He kept telling the servant to go up there, but the servant was the first one to see the cloud. And then we come into the New Testament. We get into grace. We start reading in John chapter 2 how Jesus went to the wedding. I'm going to read to you out of verse 3 there. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said unto the woman, what have I to do with thee? My hours yet not come. And his mother said to the servants, whatsoever he doeth tell you to do, you do it. And the story goes on. And there were six pots of water there, the manner of purifying by the Jews, containing three or firkins apiece. And Jesus said to them, fill the water pots. And they filled them up to the brim. And then he saith to them, draw them out, take them to the governor of the feast. And they bear it. And when the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, he didn't know where it was come from. Come on. But he called for the bridegroom and said, Is it not so that man sets forth good wine? And when men have well drunken, that which is worse he will bring at the end. And this is the beginning of the miracles of Jesus. The first miracle. Turning water into wine. Here's the point. Here's these servants. They're sitting there. Jesus' mother says, Hey, do whatever he says. Jesus says, take these water pots, fill them with water. You ever seen that done before? Fill a water pot and it turned into wine? And then he says, go take it to the governor. Wow. So then Jesus said in his scripture, now take it to the governor and give him to drink. Who saw the miracle first? Servant. Who carried the miracle? Are we not servants? There's miracles. Come on, Jesus, the king lives on the inside of us. We just don't believe in miracles. We don't ask for them. We don't believe that God can do it any longer. I used to have this problem a long time. I was always focused on myself and never really focused on the king of kings. I was always focused on my need or what I need or how bad a shape I am or what I'd do if I really had something. And I realized I had a king on the inside of me and my focus was wrong. My focus upon God, knowing Him. If God told me to go to the graveyard and raise one dead person, who would I take with me? I wouldn't take a great orator. Come on. I wouldn't take somebody that knew about God. I would take somebody with me that knew God. And yet God sends us into the world every day to tell people about Jesus that are dead in their trespasses and sins. Come on. They're lame and they're blinded by the enemy of this world. And we need that miracle working power as servants of God to go there and to bring these people out of darkness into light. But the hardest part is discipling. I can talk to anybody about Jesus anywhere. It doesn't matter to me. That's not my problem. My problem is discipleship. Oh, they don't want to follow. Come on. They don't want to grow. And when I do that, I take my focus off God. And so Jesus says, go take it to the governor. And the governor says, wait a minute. This is backwards. 
See, I became a youth pastor before I got saved. You didn't know that, did you? I just let the cat out of the bag. <laughs> I remember when I gave my life to George, I told Brother Jim he was my pastor. And he baptized me, and there were some people said, ah, you was already saved. No, I'm telling you, I had a real conversion experience, and I was born again, and I was a different person. And so the bottom line is, they took it there, and the governor said, man, y'all got this all backwards. Usually serve the best first. God sent his prophets, come on, in the Old Testament, then he sent his son Jesus, and then he gave us what? The Holy Spirit the best. He's with us all the time. I was recently talking to a guy who was hooked on pornography and he was telling me all these reasons he had tried. Different people had different things on their phone and his computer and everything to check out. His wife was making sure he wasn't watching the internet and I sat there and listened to him for hours and I finally said, look, you got the best watch in all the world. The Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you so next time you touch that button, you remember it's the Holy Spirit right there with you. He looked at me and said, you just changed my life. I said, I didn't change your life. God, through the Holy Spirit, changed your life. The Holy Spirit will change you. I'm closing now. How about the prodigal son? Because it's going to really hit home some of you here, maybe. I got time, amen? Luke 15, it talks about the prodigal son. It first talks about the hundred, come on, and one sheep was lost. So we go get that one sheep. Then it talks about the ten coins in the house, and then they find that one coin by what? Stirring up all the dust in the house. Come on. They just, just cleaned the house, man. And then it talks about a father that had two sons. Amen? And the one younger son, we know the story if you've been around church very long, the one younger son comes to the father and says, give me all my inheritance. And the father gave it to him willingly, and he went and wasted it. And he came to the hog pen when he didn't have anything else and he was starving. And he said, look, I've sinned against God. I've sinned against my father. But we miss a very important verse there if we're not careful. In my father's house, there are servants with more than enough bread. It was a servant. Come on. It was a servant that had more than enough bread that he said, I will go to my father. And to ask him to make me as a servant. See, there's some of us that are sons, but we're not servants. That should hit you hard. You're, you're a son. Come on. You're, you are a son, but inside of you, the spirit of being a servant. Amen? Since y'all mentioned today about Ken Joe Ackerman and Jimmy Don which both of those men are important in my life. I've watched as Jimmy Don and Ken have been working together, and Jimmy Don comes to my house and spends some time with me. He likes to hunt, and I like to talk. <laughs> and I don't go to a deer stand and hunt. I sit in my truck. I don't care if we kill anything or not, because I tell him if you kill something, the work begins. But I've watched Ken and I've watched Jimmy Don. Only God is, y'all are building and working together and you're doing what God has called you to do in the kingdom. You got a servant's heart. We can be a son, but not a servant. And God wants to take and show you what a servant is because there's miracles. Come on, there's miracles that you carry. Come on, there's life on the inside of you. Yes, y'all are really looking at me, I don't know. 
It's okay. To serve, once you've been a son, it's hard to become a servant because you're used to everything being given to you. Everything's been given to you, so hey, well, you need to serve. But this servant in the house had more than enough bread, and the younger son said, I will arise from this place, and I will go to my father. And this morning, I pray some of you arise from where you are, and you come to the father. You say, Father, I know that I'm a son. Make me a servant. Make me a servant. Because that scripture in Romans said, don't render evil for evil. A lot of people struggle with that. Come on. You struggle with vengeance. Come on, you struggle with wanting to get even. You, you struggle with wanting to be a disciple. I remember when I went to Africa under Ralph Hagermeyer, every morning he went to prayer at 6. He finished praying at 7. He went to prayer at 6 in the evening, and he prayed till 7. And he said, come go with me. And I would pray about maybe four minutes, and I was through, and I would set the rest of the time because I didn't even know what to do. <laughs> I done prayed for everything in four minutes. Come on. <laughs> and he'd be talking to the Father for 18 months, Brother Jim. 18 months. He was teaching me the importance of knowing God. A son, he knows about God and he knows all the benefits of being a son. But a servant, come on. He understands, come on, the Father's ways. He understands holiness, come on. He understands being set apart, come on. He understands what he's created for, and he walks in that. Amen? Amen. So you want to see the miracle? You got to be a servant. Want to carry the miracle? You got to be a servant. Real challenge, huh? Didn't know he didn't know I was going to preach this today, did he? You'll have something to talk about when you do have small groups again or when you go out to eat today at the restaurant. I'll leave you with this word, Acts 4, verses 19 and 20. But Peter and John answered them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge, for we cannot but speak what we have seen and heard. Wow. Wow. I've seen things in my life. I still don't understand them. I've experienced things in my life. I still don't understand them. But I know God is true. I know that His Spirit is alive and well today. And I know that God is working in this room. In your lives right now, some of you are thinking about what I said. Don't approach it with intellectual thought, but approach it with your spirit. What, what we need today... Is servants. But Jim, when we started, everybody served. I, I remember Ken Mead came to Brother Jim one day. He said, I don't want to be a deacon. I don't want to be a trustee. I don't want to be a leader. Can I help park the cars? Do you remember that? And he would go around the parking lot, and if your sticker was out on your window, he would kindly come tell you, says, hey, do you know your car's outdated? Do you know your sticker? <laughs> and if you were new to the church... Man, that guy, he would bring you in the church, help you find a seat. He would help people park their cars. That's what he loved to do. 
And anywhere you would go, people would be talking about the things of God and what's going on. People would be serving. From the teenagers, come on, all the way up. Everybody was working. It was so ecstatic. People couldn't wait to come to church. Not late, early. Now servants come early. Come on. There's a scripture in the Bible I've been really uh, looking at lately. It's the servant's been out in the field and he works all day and he comes home and the master tells him, hey, go and make me something and then you get something to eat. He doesn't tell the master, you make me something to eat. No, the servant's been working all day. Man, it's a powerful scripture here. And he says to the servant, okay, you're not through yet. Go ahead and make me some food. <laughs> wow. That'll give you attitude just me want it. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. Today, I, f- I know God is speaking. I-, I don't see a cloud blackie. It could come any second, honestly. But when it comes, I don't want to leave. And I told you, I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss it. And that scripture, that servant went and made. Come on. In other words, some of you say, I've been serving for a long time. Well, you just got to keep on serving. <laughs> don't stop. Amen? Somebody recently told me, Brother Reed, you've been serving for a long time. You're 59 years old. Come on and just sit on the side. You'll be okay. Oh, no. I might be slower, but don't leave me behind. I'm coming. Just, I might take a few extra steps to get there, but I tell all those young missionaries, don't leave me back here. I'm coming with you. You might be doing the preaching and the teaching. I'm coming with you, though. There's no really time to set back, especially in these days that we're in today. So maybe God spoke to you today, amen? Amen. Well, a missionary come and challenge you on some things, but they asked me, we're going to have an altar call. I don't never not have an altar call. (laughs) I believe that you should give people a time to to respond to the Spirit of God. That the Word of God has been spoken and God is speaking to you. Amen? And she'd have a response. Where are you at? What are you doing? Maybe it's a father. Maybe it's... i never forget some... I got all of Brother Jim's messages down that he preached. And one of my famous messages that I like, he was talking about being a servant. He said, I'm tired of propping up, pinning up, holding up <laughs> people. I want people to stand up. Come on. And do what God's called him to do. He said, I'm tired of picking them up. I'm tired of pinning them up. I'm tired of nailing them up. Come on. Get up and walk. I'm never going to forget that. I said, I feel that way too. (laughs) So can we stand up? Wow. Could you imagine this little girl taken from her family, taken from her country, taken from her inheritance, made a slave? Come on. And yet God gave us the choice? Come on. Do we want to be a slave of sin or slave of righteousness? By choice, come on, we become slaves unto righteousness. Think about it. He gave us a choice. She didn't have a choice. They took her. Come on. They forced her. But yet, God had a plan. And inside of all of that, she wasn't bitter. Come on. She said, I know a man 
that my master can be healed. And she spoke out of her mouth. And they believed her. So young people, listen to me. There's a king, if you're born again, on the inside of you. We're getting ready to do Couples of Destiny. And uh, by the way, we still have a couple openings if you would like to go talk to me. But I had a young man who, um, he challenged me when I was a youth pastor. And I haven't talked to him since he graduated from high school. He wrote my wife three or four weeks ago, and I'm not knowing it. And he said, can we come to Couples of Destiny? He had moved off to California, works for Apple Computer. And I thought, wow, it's 30-something years later, Lord. God has a plan. And God has a plan for you today. And right now, no matter what your circumstances, there's a king that lives on the inside of you. Amen? Amen? There's a king that lives on the inside of you. And it says do good. Come on. Have you been doing good? Come on. Been murmuring and complaining or have you been doing good? Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you for your word today, God. Make us all servants, God, of the Most High King. I believe today miracles are taking place in this room right now, that families, people just being touched by your Spirit, God. And that this will spread into the community where we need miracles for the lost to be saved. It'll spread, Father, in our families. During this time of Thanksgiving, when we come together, the Prince of Peace will hover amongst us. The Holy Spirit will move around the room as Blackie said, and hover and come down on us when we sit at Thanksgiving. It'll flood our homes. It'll flood our families. It'll flood our friends. And Lord, we'll sit there in your presence. We won't leave it. And that you'll have your way. I believe there's deliverance in this room this morning. That you have set us free, Father God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I don't know this morning you'd like to respond. God has spoken to you and you'd want to take a step. I'm going to invite you to come and stand down there in the front. We'll be glad to pray with you. But put feet to the, put action to your faith right now. If God's spoken to you this morning and, and don't leave this room, don't leave this place, don't leave this atmosphere without knowing that the King of Kings, come on, I said, it is done, and I sealed it by the Holy Spirit. So that the enemy don't come and take that seed when you leave. Come on. That that seed will bring forth good fruit in your life. And if you're here and you say, well, I know I'm a son, but I haven't been that servant, you need to come to and just say, hey, I'm going to serve. I'm going to serve. Come on. In my current situation, I'm going to serve. Come on. I'm going to serve. Come on. Right where I am, I'm going to serve. I'm not going to withhold good. Come on. I'm going to do good. So if the Lord's speaking to you this morning, I want you to just boldly just step out and come up here and we'll pray with you, okay? Amen? That's my message. Thank you. I know that we had special guests. Y'all came here today. I heard my wife told me. May God bless y'all today. May God's face be upon you today and lead you.
So come and stand. I'm, not, I'm gonna wait. I'm not, I'm not in a hurry. I'm not thinking about food. Come on. You wanna come and stand? We're gonna pray with you. Sarah, you come, please. Y'all believe in the prophetic, right? You believe in God's doing things right. Just like this young man here, he wants to know what God's going to do in his life. He's seeking God's face about what he's going to do. God, God's speaking to you already, Gabriel. God's leading you already. You just got to keep walking in that each day. Don't even think about tomorrow. It'll take care of itself. You just walk in today. You walk in what God has for you today. Man, kneeling. Come on. Whatever God's called you. That's it. You just keep going. You're probably one of the greatest missionaries that I saw with the ability to be a missionary that's traveled with me over the last few years. It's within you. Probably even thought about it, but it's within you. It's just a matter of doing it. And you're doing it every day. Okay, we have another lady up here somebody can pray with. Pastor Jim, can you help me here? Pray with some of these, you and Miss Sharon. I'm waiting on some teenagers. I know there's some teenagers in this room God has spoken to today. God is speaking to you today as a young person. God has a plan for you. Come on. And you can make a choice today. Right where you are, you can make that choice. But I encourage you to step out and to come and allow God to speak to you. May God speak to you right now in your innermost being. I pray for the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on. Come. Come on. Minister to her, Father. Holy Spirit, minister her. Come, Holy Spirit. And You know, the Scripture says in Ephesians, when you've done all to stand, you just keep standing because you're standing in the glory. You're standing in the hope that's in God. Come on. Come on, God God can minister to you right now and He can bring about great and mighty things in your life right now and the things that your mind might be thinking about, but in the Spirit, God's doing something deep down inside of you and moving right now. Come on, He's an advocate. Come on, that means He stands up for you. He's a helper, come on. Come on, come on. He's wisdom to you, but more important than that right now, God is just ministering to your faith that you can believe, come on, that you can walk. You can walk in faith, totally healed, totally believing what God has for you in your life. You can walk in it. You're still out there. You can still come forward. Allowing God to minister to you. Not allowing the enemy to take anything from you when you leave this place. That you'll have a servant's heart. And you'll do good things. Come on. Not thoughts of evil or harm or viciousness. But good thoughts. Come on. A peace and expected end. You know, as Brother Don shared this morning, he talked about servanthood and he talked about being a son. And he said that you can't be a son without being a servant. Or that you could be a servant but not a son. You could be a son but not a servant. Those things in our life are born out of relationship. 
If you go back to the beginning, the whole Bible talks about relationship. And God desires for a deeper relationship with us this morning. Amen. If we go back to relationship, and we go back to that place where God meets with us, that servanthood is born out of that. When we have that right relationship, that deep relationship with the Lord, then that servanthood comes and it makes us say, not my will, Lord, but yours be done. So maybe you heard what Brother Don was sharing this morning. Maybe that didn't, that didn't catch you, but I believe that God is stirring those deep parts on the inside of us to say, I want deeper relationship with you. And out of that relationship that he desires with you, those things will begin to stir in your life. So take one moment, moment and just think. Meditate on what's been shared this morning. If you want to come up here, we are ready to pray with you. If you want to come up here and get on your knees and just worship, if you want to take a step of faith and say, Lord God, I know you, and I've known you, but I want to know you in a deeper way. I want to walk in a deeper way with you this morning. I invite you to join us up here. Amen.
that song, we, we serve a good, good father. Amen? Amen. I didn't know what a father was until I was introduced to one. Amen? But you know what? God's a good father. He's a good father all the time. And sometimes he tells us no. Did you know that? Come on. Good fathers do say no. I'm speaking to you men. Sometimes you just say no. And your children say why? You just say no. God doesn't tell me why. Come on. He just says no. Look in Acts. Paul, he wanted to go and preach. And God said, through the Holy Spirit, no, you're not going there. So he said, I'll go somewhere else. And he said, no, you're not going there either. You don't have to explain. Some man, you're probably trying to say, what is he talking about? Just no. Come on. It's just no. That's a good word. I know that in my spirit. I'm talking to somebody in this room. That, just say no. Amen. Because God is working in you. He's given you the authority. Come on. To protect, to stand. Come on. You're not going to run with your bow and arrow. You're going to stand. Come on. And you're going to shoot your arrows. And they're going to hit the mark. Amen. Now you're getting excited. They are going to go further than you. Come on. When you release that string, that arrow is gone. Come on. And you don't want to go looking for an arrow. I've done that. Listen, you want it to hit the mark. I've lost a mini arrow. I didn't find them. You want to find that arrow, right? <coughs> then you sometimes you have to say no. You got to say no. And no why. Just no. Amen? It's a powerful word. I want to bless you today, okay? Amen. I want to bless you as we leave this place. As God is still ministering to people, I just want to bless you. May God's face shine upon you today. May His glory go with you. May the light that's inside of you shine into the lives of those that you meet today and that darkness be expelled. Maybe today, Father, I ask you that you would release the miracle working power to those that are in this world that are held in darkness that the light that's inside of us today would shine forth through your Son, Jesus Christ. Yes. That wherever we go today, Father, I pray that darkness flees when the light is turned on, Lord. That, Lord, that we don't run, come on, in the day of battle. That we, we stand, according to Ephesians 6, we're standing in the authority of the name and the blood of Jesus Christ. So I speak a blessing over us today, Father, as we go from this place. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for the Harvest Time Church podcast. We hope you've been encouraged and empowered. If you'd like more information about our family, please write us at 42 FM 2540 South, Bay City, Texas 77414. Or check us out on the web at harvesttimebaycity.com.